Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Welcome to our number two of the first day show on 93 WIBC. <laughs> that was a big hyphen in there. <laughs> I know it. Oh boy. I got distracted. Terry Stacy here along with Danny Paul Smith. It's going to be a beautiful day, kids. Surely beautiful is. day. Surely, oh surely God. is. 41 degrees. I'm taking down the snow stakes. I'm testing Don't God today. No, I'm oh. taking them down. I'm going to. I worry. Danny, I'm going to blame it on you. <laughs> you me can too. blame it on me, but I'm tired of looking me at those snow too. stakes. That other voice, that precious, sweet, angelic voice is Kyle and Tally producing today's show. Good morning. Morning, girl. Morning, Kai. Uh, you know what distracted me? The National Park Service uh, has taken to Twitter with some sound advice for hikers and campers that are um, wanting to keep themselves and their friends safe in the coming months because of spring break. And are we whatnot. talking about bears? Bears. Uh. And here's the tweet. It says... If you come across a bear, never push a slower friend down, even if you feel the friendship has run its course. (laughs) You know, the old saying is that if you run into a bear with somebody, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the person next to you. That's all it. (sighs) Now, Sullivan, if Sullivan and I were on the trail, I just have to outrun Pat. That's all I got to do. That's some sound advice. Yeah. I've heard that for the zombie apocalypse, but that, I I mean, well, we'll take it. I'm sure that's what happened in Cocaine Bear. Did you know that Elizabeth Banks, who directed and produced Cocaine Bear, and she was in it, she said that she would be open to making a cocaine shark movie. Oh, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. I know. That's called jumping the shark. Do you know what jumping the shark means? It's it's when Fonzie jumped the shark in, in Happy Days, and they just took it one step too far. A shark really is not going to eat. They really did. <laughs> so, no, just leave Cocaine Bear alone and just, just keep it what you've got and and then go on about something new. <laughs> let's not let's not make this a series of animals that have eaten cocaine. That would not be... I don't know. I guess I would watch something. If Do you ever watch cocaine. that To Catch a Smuggler on the National Geographic channel? Uh, you have. Holy cow. Are yeah. they creative on moving stuff? On how stuff. they smuggle stuff in? Oh, my gosh. I know it. It oh is amazing God. how they how they, they bring make, things in. They made a dental chair out of cocaine, oh and I saw them taking it apart. I'm going, you're ruining this guy's, you know, that's a 40000 or a $4,000 dental chair. And they opened it up, and it had six tons of cocaine in it. Oh, God. man. They're creative. They are creative. That is for sure. But they get caught. So uh, yes, they do. We've got the we've got the uh, the smarts to catch most of them. I hope, anyway. Uh, okay, so we've got another hour here with you guys. If you're interested, and I am, IndyCar race season opener, twelve thirty today. Um, in fact, you can hear that on our sister station, one hundred seven five, the fan. Roman Grosjean led an Andretti Autosports sweep to the front row. So all of the uh, well, not all of the, but Andretti Autosports is in the front row. He's sitting next to Colton Herta. So Roman is on the pole. Colton Herta next to him. Pato Award's going to be starting third. And who's next to him? Marcus Erickson. 
There's your top four. I'll, I'll give you that much anyway. And Marcus Erickson, Erickson, again, qualified fourth in the number eight Husky Chocolate Chip Ganassi Racing Honda. And I always like when you've got chocolate chips represented. Chocolate you are a real race fan, Terry. You <laughs> really, really are. I I really, really am. Uh, but anyway, that's in St. Pete. It is the first ever Indy car start for a couple of rookies, a few rookies, in fact. Marcus Armstrong. And I love this name. This is the other rookie. Stingray Rob. <laughs> I have a feeling it's a nickname. Stingray Rob, driving for Dale Coin Racing Honda. Uh, Benjamin Pedersen is another one. And August, Augustine, Augustine Canapino. I don't 80, know that one either. Another 84 rookie. days until the Indy 500. Attaboy. And the month of May is coming, so that's about 54 days. So Love it. I good. love it, love it, love it. Uh, all right, coming up this hour, too. By the way, again, green flag flies at 1230 today. Coming up this hour, we've got military heroes with four paws and an outstanding nose. Can't wait for this one, Denny. This is Denny. Had a chance to <laughs> talk about this. That's a tease of teases. I like that. Well, it's a good one. And Denny will have that in just a little bit. And we're also going to meet the founder of the Worthmore Academy. And she needs some support for ASE vouchers. And we will tell you why. That'll come up next. Should we take a quick break? Well, sure. Go a little early. Yeah, that sounds good. So we can have some time on the end. I love it. Let's do it. All right. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to The First Date. Thanks for joining us this morning on 93 WIBC. Welcome back to the first day on 93 WIBC. Kylan Talley producing today's show. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith, who stepped out of the building for just a moment. And joining us on the phone right now is Brenda Jackson. Now, a lot of things Brenda does. She plays in the band at Robin Run. She's in the Indianapolis Opera. And she's also with the Worthmore Academy. Brenda, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? We're doing just fine. Brenda, what do you do at Worthmore? Sometimes I'm even the janitor. <laughs> I founded it. I founded it at 35 years ago. I was a chemist at Lilly, and then I decided to do this insane thing and open a school for kids <laughs> with learning struggles. I don't like the word disabilities because they just learn differently. And um, that was in 1988. So, but I had to mention 10 because I can't be that old. You that, know how that goes. What has this been like for you from start to now where you are today? Well, it's been very exciting and um, challenging at times, but I have kids that are no longer kids way back in 1988. They're now adults, and um, some have come in and couldn't read and write, and I have one that now has a master's from Rose Holman in Engineering and has his own engineering business, and that was in 1990. He was a student here at Workmore for two years, and he was very dyslexic, but he couldn't read when he came, but he left reading, and those are the kinds of things we do. So it's thrilling when um, former students come back and see me I just tell them they can't tell me how old they are now because then I feel old. <laughs> but they let me know what they're doing. But I had a young lady that came to our Christmas concert who was a student here 33 years ago. And she was here for three years, and now she's a physical therapist. And she said she sat through the whole Christmas concert this year crying, not because she was sad, but because she was so happy remembering how wonderful it was when she was when was playing in the Christmas concert. She even had a picture of herself when she was six playing the little hand chimes at the Christmas concert. She held it the whole time watching the concert so that's what's exciting about worth more is seeing kids come in that struggle but then leave here and are successful yeah. and that's what i named the school worth more academy because more than anything i want these kids to feel worth more and believe in themselves 
It's amazing what you've been able to do these years. How many kids are you able to accommodate at Worthmore? Well, right now we have 41 students. Okay. Um, the class sizes are anywhere from three kids to one teacher to maximum six kids to one teacher. Um, we're totally ungraded, so we place them by ability, and then our job is to get them academically and socially caught up so that they can return back into a more traditional school within a period of time, whatever it takes to get us to that point where they can leave here and then once again be successful in regular school. This is Brenda Jackson, the founder of Worthmore Academy. The new ESA voucher program, explain to us what it is. Yeah, yeah, this year was the first year this voucher program, which is different than the voucher program for school choice that was accepted probably eight or ten years ago Mm -hmm. where a student could go to a private school and use a voucher. This voucher is specifically for students that have learning disabilities. And this was the first year that that was passed by the Senate. So we were the founding school to get to use that because most of all of our kids qualify because they all have learning struggles of some kind. And the terrific part about it is that now parents that would previously not have been able to afford to put their child in a private school to get the special help they need for their learning differences are now able to afford that because they are able to use this new ESA voucher program. And so this year was the first year in, um, that we've been able to do that. And it's been fantastic because now kids um, can come and get the help they need. And once again, like I said, return and be successful um, where priorly when parents would come to visit the school and they'd say, well, you know, it is a private school, so the tuition, you know, they they almost gasp because it's like, well, we can't afford that kind of thing. Well, we have in the past had our own scholarship program, but it's nothing like the voucher program where it actually can pay for their tuition to come, plus also additional services outside of the school that would help with therapies and things like that. Um, to help the child even get more support in the areas they struggle with. So the ESA voucher has been a miracle for all our families because it's given them the opportunity to actually find a school that can meet the needs for their child's special learning difficulties and get the help they need to return to a traditional school and not have to worry about not being able to afford a school like this for them to attend. And it's been a miracle for us. Um, 35 years I've run the school, I've never taken income myself. So the tuition basically paid for the teachers that are here. But with the voucher program now, we're able to take more students in because more students can afford to come being able to use the ESA voucher to help them be able to afford um, a private school that can meet their specific needs like us. It's been a a great blessing, and uh, we want to continue to have I don't take an income, but that's a million-dollar paycheck. You know, you yeah. can't you can't put a number on success. And a child is now happy that wasn't when they first came. Probably kids come from everywhere. We had a student from South Bend. Um, we have a student from Terre Haute. We had a student from Muncie whose father worked all night at Fort Wayne, so he'd drive into Indianapolis, sleep on an air mattress in, one of, in the choir loft of the church we were in at the time, set his alarm, come down, pick up his son, drove back to Muncie, slept for an hour, drove to Fort Wayne, worked all night, and for two years he did that just oh so his son. And he, gradu- he graduated last year from Muncie School System. The ESA voucher program, and it could go away. And so you need help getting the Senate to support this voucher. 
the best thing that we can do for people to help that are hearing this is, um, especially parents that would be affected with the benefits of the ESA, is call senators, call congresspeople, write, and just say, we need your support for this bill so it doesn't go away because we need it for our children. The best thing we do is we need advocates out there advocating. And even if you don't have a child directly affected, but you know a friend who might, or just know and understand how much this voucher can help these kids and these families. They just need to contact senators and congresspeople and say, we need you to listen to us because we need this voucher not to go away because it desperately needs to be available for these kids to get the help they need um, because we need this bill to not go away. And we, we, we've been trying to make some changes so it could be more accessible to more families. Um, so it'd be year round, not just at the beginning of the school year. So there are several changes we're looking to, but the biggest thing is we just need it to not go away so c- kids can continue to be able to get the education that, that they need and can be successful with. And the one thing that um, people think is, oh, well, we're talking about kids are special needs, so how do you think they're going to be successful? Well, I just told you some success stories, and they can be if we can get the needs of their learning met so they have that opportunity. But this ESA bill voucher is huge in allowing people to have that opportunity to have the choice to get them in a school that's going to address their specific learning concerns. Read the news out that this voucher is here because a lot of people, since this was the first year, didn't even know it was around to be able to have access to to use even this, this school year. All right, that's Brenda Jackson, and again, very little time to get the Senate to support this uh, continued funding in the budget for this program, the ESA voucher program. Two months. We have two months left. Brenda Jackson, if anybody would like to know more information about Worthmore Academy, where did they go? Um, they can go on to line through worthmoreacademy.org. We have a Facebook page so they can see some of the activities the kids do, the Christmas concert, or my email address is B as in Brenda Jackson at Worthmore, W O R T H M O R E Academy.org. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you do. Okay, thank you, Terry, so much. Oh, thank you. you. It was great talking to you, too. It is 1124, and so glad to have some time with her. Worth more, Academy, because you are worth more, and I love that. Can you? I mean, a a great story. You know, a chemist at Lilly and decides she wants to go this direction and open up a school for kids. It's just, she is an awesome lady, so. That's uh, raw courage, by the way. Yeah, it surely is. It surely is. Uh, all right, uh, we've got uh, beautiful sunny skies in downtown Indianapolis. It's going to get a little warmer today. Um, just keep watching the weather because it's still we're in that roller coaster pattern. It'll be pretty cool this time next weekend. Uh, in fact, next Saturday we will be at Sullivan Hardware and Sullivan? Garden for That's a great right. event, and we'll tell you more about that coming up in the next half hour. But Kylan, trending stories? Yeah, it's some trending stories. We're going to start off the first one. With some Jeopardy news. An IU student in Carmel Native was on the episode here. I just think it's so fun getting to hear her being announced. Please welcome today's contestants. She made it to the semifinals as a high school senior and is now just months away from graduating with a degree in both clinical psychological sciences and Hispanic linguistics from Indiana University. Go IU! Here's Audrey Sachibi. Good job, Audrey. And then... 
she went viral for this that she said on the Jeopardy session that was earlier this week. One of the things you're studying is psychology and understanding quirks. What's a quirk that you have that you'd like to share with yeah, us? Yeah, so I'm kind of an old soul. So I've been collecting some things that are kind of obsolete now. I've been collecting records, CDs, and DVDs. I just got a new DVD, and I'm really excited about it. But I miss my childhood a little bit, I guess. <laughs> Millennials are that? saying that they're receiving a not-so-subtle reminder that they're getting old. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> from saying that that's a... That was a singer. Absolutely. <laughs> it was a singer. But records are coming back. Vinyl is coming back. Mm-hmm. Record stores are seeing uh, an, a, a lot of people coming in, grabbing some of the CDs. And yeah, pretty soon she's going to be collecting dial telephones. <laughs> yeah. Or the flip phones. <gasps> what is this? Careful now. There's all right, nothing all right, wrong. All What's right. wrong with a flip phone? <laughs> Your next trending story. Yep. KISS has announced that their last farewell tour performance is going to be at Gainbridge Fieldhouse on November 25th. So you can go and get your tickets to see them while you can. When you you think of KISS, what do you think of? I think of the guy with that really, really long tongue. I think the makeup in the tongue, yeah. Yeah. Okay, honestly, I'll have to call myself out. You said KISS, and I thought of her two kisses because of what we were talking about earlier. And I'm talking about KISS. Okay. I need chocolates on my mind. You know, this is, uh, again, one of these groups that will come and perform, and again, for the final time, they tell us. But what's awesome is you won't be able to really see how old they are because of the makeup. Sometimes when these guys come back and they're on tour and you look and you're like, oh my gosh, they're like 100. But they'll, they'll be in such makeup, you, they're still going to be what we remember when we saw them 20 years ago. Yeah, the rumor is is that Gene, the uh, one guitarist, has a big bald spot in the back, but he has that big fro, you know, and yeah. nobody will ever see it. And then with the oh, makeup, makeup, who cares? You know, you know you, this is what we see, and they sound, from what I'm told, they still sound exactly the same. We'll see. Kudos to them. We'll see, but people, a lot of people excited about it. They really are about the tour. And uh, then your final trending okay, story. I know you got so sick of hearing about King Charles, but his coronation is May 6th. And the Buckingham Palace, they were talking about in one of their statements about the coronation, they were saying global music icons and contemporary stars together will be brought together to the palace. So they've reached out to different, well, artists to get them to get to this palace. Sure. So many have said no well, thanks. Yeah, they reached out <laughs> to nope. some British stars that you know, Harry Styles, Adele, and they all said no. Everyone has rejected It used to be called a crown performance where you were ordered by the king to come in or the queen to do a crown performance, which meant it was for free and you better have your butt in the seat ready to to do your performance. But now you can say no. But what about Harry and Meghan? They're being thrown out of the castle. They sure are. Yeah, so that'll be what, a bed and breakfast now? Yeah. Well, I wonder what they will do. I don't know what they'll do. Airbnb. Airbnb. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, Okay, good stuff. Thanks, Kylan. We've got to take a break. Uh, Coming up, Denny Smith with uh, a really special story about war dogs when we return to the first day on 93 WIBC. It's always better when we're together. Mm, we're somewhere in between together. Well, it's always better when it is 1135, 50 degrees outside in downtown Indianapolis. We've got a little, well, I'm just going to say it's a beautiful day. Uh, Terry Stacy, along with Kylan Talley, Denny Smith, who has a special guest with him this morning. Joining me is Deputy Kyle Schaefer of the Hendricks County Sheriff's Department. He is the founder of the Central Indiana Canine Association. We're coming up on the anniversary of the first use of dogs in the defense of our nation, which began on March 13, 1942. 
Deputy Schaefer is well prepared to help us understand the use of dogs in both law enforcement and in, in the armed forces. Kyle Schaefer, thanks for joining us here on the first day. Thank you, Danny. I'm glad to be with you. Kyle, just exactly what is Canine Veterans Day? Canine's Veterans Day was started on March 13th to commemorate the United States Canine Corps' creation on March 13, 1942, when they became, canines became official part of the military service, and we celebrate all canines on March 13th, both military as well as law enforcement, and basically all working dogs across the country. I'm told they were called war dogs. How did the Army use them in the beginning? You know, primarily in the beginning, the dogs were more of a sentry guard dogs. And through, as they progressed through the ranks, uh, they were, like in Vietnam, they were definitely used a little bit more as far as searching. And then their capabilities as far as searching for humans and or explosives started to really take off. With the Iraq war starting in the early 90s to mid 90s, the use of the canines just tripled, quadrupled. It just took off. Uh, and the effectiveness and the abilities of these canines were seen throughout the military service and expanded upon. And a lot of the military service, uh, when they started in the Iraq war, they leaned on law enforcement. Law enforcement had been using canines a little bit more extensively than they had in the military previously. So during the Iraq war, the start of the Iraq war, the military leaned on law enforcement, and they've really increased their usage over the years since then, for sure. That's pretty cool. How long can a dog serve in the military or in law enforcement? What is their working lifespan? You know, typically, it just depends on the health of the dog a lot. These dogs are just bred to work. They want to work. So more often than not, these dogs just work until they ultimately pass. Or if they retire before they pass, it's because of health issues. And unfortunately, their life isn't long much past their retirement. That's not necessarily a bad thing either. Like you said, these dogs, are they just want to work. Even when these dogs have extreme health issues and you can still see the fire in their eyes and, and they just want to work, whether it's, you know, chasing a bad guy or looking for bombs or drugs or whatever they just they just work that's what they're bred to do that's what they love to do five seven years is definitely a good time frame as far as dogs working anything past seven you're you're lucky for sure so you know 10 years man that's a long time for sure for these dogs so many law enforcement and military dogs are trained on getting the toy, Kyle, and the ball, or as, as you guys use, and they can do some really amazing things. But Kyle, I've never really asked the question of any of the trainers that I've come across. Do the dogs understand that they're going into a dangerous situation, or is it just another game for them? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, a game for them. They don't uh, realize the situations they're put in sometimes to them. It's just they dad or mom has hey, made his, her announcements or said, I need to go in there and find this person. And my enjoyment is to find that person and do some business that needs to be done or find the drugs or the bombs and get paid. So it's all a game or reward to them. So we, we definitely ask these dogs to go into dangerous situations. They keep us safe. They keep fellow officers safe. We put them in harm's way and they don't even realize it. So their willingness to go into harm's way without them knowing is just an amazing part. So you know, the Canine Association, we started it to honor these dogs. When they do retire, a lot of times officers, deputies will take on, they, they take over their dog. They're not going to give up their dogs. They, the dog will retire and live at home with their handlers. And at that point, the handlers are responsible for their uh, vet bills. And again, like I said previously, a lot of times these dogs retire because of extreme medical problems. And unfortunately, those medical costs are 
pretty excessive after the dog requires. So Central Indiana Canine Association was started. One of the reasons to help fund or help give grants to these officers to care for these dogs. We owe it to these dogs to make their retirement as best and easygoing as possible. So that was one one of the three missions of the Canine Associations first to honor these dogs, allow them to enjoy their retirement with their handler that they spent so many years working with. Amen to that. And what events do you guys have planned for Canine Veterans Day here in central Indiana? We are celebrating Canine's Veterans Day on March 11th of 2023 at Hotel Tango in Zionsville from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. And we just get together and we have some exciting and guest speakers coming in to talk about canines throughout central Indiana. We'll honor any, any canine that had been killed in the line of duty in Indiana and maybe the Midwest area of the region. Uh, we have, uh, I know of at least one retired military dog that will make an appearance and we'll have several canine officers throughout central Indiana with their partners. Maybe we'll throw on a demonstration or something. You never know what we do. It's, it's easy going. It's just a fun day. Bring the family, kids celebrate these amazing animals and the things that they do for all law enforcement and military, as well as the citizens of central Indiana. For those of you who don't know where that is, it's just on the south side of Zionsville at 106th and Zionsville Road, and you'll you'll be able to find that place pretty easy. Kyle, I understand Becky Wanak is doing something for you all. She's an artist that specializes in canine portraits, and they're absolutely awesome. But I understand that she's got something going for you guys at Central Indiana Canine. Yeah, I believe as part of the event, we're going to auction off one of her portraits. So any attendee that comes to the Canine Veterans Day event has an opportunity to purchase a raffle ticket, and the winner will get a custom portrait done by Becky. Oh, they're beautiful, uh, for, too. They're for their just pay, beautiful. Absolutely. She just did one. for. We have four canines at the sheriff's office, and she did one for all four of ours. And, yeah, they are amazing. It's an awesome tribute, especially when a dog passes or retires. She really puts her best effort into that and honors these dogs. Wow. Denny, that was a great story. Can you imagine working 24 hours a day? Can you imagine me and Pat working 24 hours a day? and then Pat, Pat Sullivan. And then Pat Sullivan retires. And I've got to take care of him for the rest of his life. Yeah, what about that? Yeah, I don't think that the, the, that's how special these dogs are. They these are. De- you know, these deputies, these men and women are just so dedicated to these dogs, and they really, they might need some help with the vet care because think of what those dogs. Oh, absolutely, you know. absolutely. It was um, eye-opening, and I enjoyed that conversation very much. I have have learned through the years about war dogs and veteran dogs and how important they are. And oftentimes, you know, there's such a bond that's built and the soldier will come home, but the dog, dog stays wherever they are in this home. world. And and communities will rally around and say, you know, we've got to get that dog here. Um, and dogs also make such a difference to veterans that that are... Oh, they're therapy dogs they're absolutely afterwards. Yeah. Amazing. But at, but at uh, 4 to 6, uh, next March 11th, next Saturday at the Hotel Tango, and that's at 106 in Zionsville Road. Hope you can make it. I think I'm going to try to get out there, Terry. Me too. That's a good I'm one. try to get out there. Uh, all right. Come Coming on. up, oh, yeah. we have some food news, and I have a go. deal that can get you some free food. Ooh, that sounds good. Okay, that's coming up next on the first day on 93 WIBC. Eleven forty-six on a beautiful Sunday morning. Fifty degrees outside. We're right here on our studios on Monument Circle. We've got a great view of today. Uh, this will be the last day of the combine. 
NFL oh, combine. Oh my gosh, it came and it left so quickly. Well, it's been something. Every time I would see somebody, a big, strapping, giant, <laughs> athletic-looking person, I was pretty sure they were famous. Yeah. You know, I'd see them right around our building here. Not in our building, but right around making the walk on Illinois Street or around the circle. And you'd say, oh, that's... When you see those guys somebody famous. that big, and they you when you see what they do in their 40-yard dash, you say, there's no yeah. way. I mean, they pick it up and put it down. It's a cool And they're story. huge. Yeah. They're huge. They're huge. But uh, big big uh, time for us here in Indianapolis with the NFL Combine. But yeah, today is the final day. In fact, this may be moving out day. I'm not sure, but I know it was listed to go through today. Uh, Terry Stacy, Denny Smith, Kylan Talley, time for food news. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. First day, food news. I want to get you some free food for tomorrow, but before I get to that, I want to mention some openings. We have a new coffee house in town, so I want to welcome them, the Avenue Coffee House and Cafe. It's over in Broad Ripple on College Avenue, you know, next to Vogue Theater. Such a cute little coffee house. Congratulations for the other one. We have so many coffee shops. How do you choose? They're all good. Uh, that one's a little bit more convenient. It's in the Rip, and it's it's on the east side of the road, right there by the Vogue. But it's a neat little place. Good for you. Good luck to you all. Thank you for opening. Less congratulations and more of an I'm sorry, but Grump's Slice Stop is announced that it's permanently closed. Who? But Grump's Slice Stop. I've never heard of it before, but we don't know that they're one. being taken over by Gold Leaf. Tea? Just Gold Leaf. <laughs> So, sorry you're gone, but... We're out on this one, That's okay. I'm sorry. We don't know that one. I'm sorry about the Grimpleys. All right. You ready for a deal? Or should I wait even more? No. All right. Let's get you some free food. Tomorrow is National Oreo Cookie Day. March 6th, right? So far, so good. Well, nothing Bundt Cakes. Have you had them before? We have. There's a few locations around Indy. Jamie Little opens. Who as a child didn't think they were Bundt Cakes? Oh, I did not. I never thought that. I thought they were bunt. Sorry, Denny. I don't know. A juvenile boy, that's just a funny (laughs) joke. I'm sorry. A bun cake? Nothing bun. (laughs) Nothing bun. Nothing bun. Jamie Little at one time owned the one. She opened the one up on the north side. Jamie Little, you know who Jamie is? Okay. Yes. Yeah, she and her husband opened up one up on the north side. There's a few different, they're all about 30 minutes away from downtown, but plenty to choose from. Well, if you go to Nothing Bunt Cakes, you can get a free Oreo Buntlet. Oh, the little ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you get a free one? A free one. You don't even have to purchase anything. Just go in and they'll give you a free one. Anywhere? Any of the locations. That is one of the best marketing tricks in the world. They get you in, let, let you taste it for free, and they get you to be a regular customer. It used to be that mm-hmm. done with That's ice so cream smart. cones in the 50s and yeah. 60s, but this is this is good stuff. Well, Mrs. Fields Cookies, yes? Debbie, she went out with just platters of just cake pans and uh, any pan she could find and filled them with her cookies and just handed them out. Best form of marketing, like you said. Right. Just taste my stuff. If Give you love it, then follow me. That's exactly I'm right. I'm the pie And look piper. at Exercise Inc. Exercise yeah. Inc. does the same thing. Does now they're the giving away two it? visits or one visit. Yeah. Try I will it, you'll say like it. if you're going to get free cake, I do have to mention the catch because you do just show up. But you have to be one of the first 111 guests starting at 1.11 p.m., all because they're celebrating Oreo's 111th birthday. Oh, that makes sense. That's oh, fair. So, okay. if you are wanting to get that free bunt cake buntlet, 
you need to make sure you're going to be one of those first 111 guests. So if you're running to the store, throw a person down. That's one less, wait right? Take your lawn chair and get in line. Down. That's what I'd say. Just sit down and wait. Oh, yeah. see, there you go. I mean, I camped out for Krispy Kreme. I might as well do it for this. Yeah. You did not. I camp certainly out for did for their grand ever, opening. Oh, wow. I love. She them. did. Have you ever done that, Denny? I did, it for tic- I did it for tickets once, but I can't even remember where it was, but it was only an hour. I mean, yeah. it wasn't a, a long time. They used to do that when we had we didn't have computers to sign up for college courses. Kids would go early when they knew what building that table would be set up, and they'd, they'd camp and out they'd for camp that. And they'd camp out. But I did it for, <laughs> I did it for tickets once. It might have been Jethro Tull. I can't remember. <laughs> it's 1151. Final, new, final food news? Are you sure. done? Sure. Yats was named the best cheap restaurant in Indiana. Which it's terrific. I've never had it before. I asked a friend if we should go get Yats, but I was like, I want to save some and budget my money a little bit more. So I need somewhere that's going to be a bit cheaper. She said, well, let's not go to Yats then. But it was named the best cheap I'm restaurant. I'm kind of surprised about that too. I love Yats, but when I think inexpensive, uh, I don't. That, my McDonald's. brain didn't go there. Yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't McDonald's. go there. The yeah. thing that they said for that was it had the best serving sizes for the amount that you pay. So oh, you're paying $10 so. or whatever, yeah. but you're getting twice the yeah. serving size instead. Yeah. Okay. Good value. Good, mm-hmm. good, good value. For Happy first day food news. How about this one to top it all off? The Raspberry Rally Girl Scout cookie that we all tried here a couple oh, weeks ago, a few them. weeks ago. Is it a hit? It's a big enough hit that they've sold out, and the new—I mean, they really did. But in New York, in particular, the girl, the Girl Scouts really would prefer that you not sell them on eBay because they're selling them on eBay for around thirty dollars. Oh, that's just disrespectful. And the Girl Scouts are not happy about yeah. it. Either. I wouldn't be happy either. And they said they're a little disappointed you know, that the products are now available through. Remember other what vendors. those guys during COVID happened to them with hand sanitizer? That they gathered up oh, all the yeah. hand sanitizer and sold it at three times or four times the price. I forgot about yeah, that. That's, that seemed like that's so just, long ago. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, but now they're taking the care, advantage yeah. of the Girl Scouts. They're not happy about it either. So uh, the Raspberry Rally, it just sold out in less than a day in New York City, those Raspberry Rallies. So they're finding them on eBay and the Girl Scouts seem mm, a little disappointed. Don't like that. That's but cheap. you really can't control that. Nope. You sell the cookie, and then whoever wants to. That's right. That's property hang rights on to right it there. And, and put it online. But $30 for the Raspberry <laughs> Rally. I'll it's say good. it was probably, yeah. Would it be worth $30? It, I would. I don't, know. I'll say I love my free food. Me too. And I love my Girl Scout cookies so very much. But uh, not sure I'd pay $30 for it, especially since the Girl Scouts say we don't like that. Terry and I were talking earlier. Did you know that the first dry breakfast food, so like cereal, was made in Indiana? It was, Denny. I thought it was made up in Michigan. That's what I thought, like Kellogg's or Post. So this one predates Kellogg's and Post, right? It's called Cereal Line? Cereal in? Cereal I-N-E. Cerulean. Cerulean. Cerulean? Sure. Cerulean. How about that? Spell it. C-E-R-E-A-L. So cereal, I-N-E. I would say cerealine or something like that. No clue, but they had a factory for it in Columbus. And so National Cereal Day, happy Indiana. Get out of the way, Kellogg. It came here first. Mm -hmm. And then that led to Kellogg's being made. Cereal is my favorite snack. I mean, it really is my favorite snack. And right now, and I go through spells. Like I did Cheerios and bananas forever. Now I'm into, not that anybody really cares about this, do they? But wheat checks. I'm big on wheat checks. Yeah, less sugar in those. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's what I'm looking for. For me, if I... Feel, if I want to be healthier than eating ice cream at night, I'll uh-huh. eat a bowl of cereal. Yeah, what kind? 
Typically, Frosted Flakes or Raisin Bran. Okay, but no. I take the raisins out those, because those I don't are, like raisins. Those are very high Wait in sugar. Minute. You take the raisins out. That's what helps you poop. That's why people eat <laughs> Raisin Bran. Bran you know? Flakes, yeah. if that's what you want. But the, I love, I love, love, love Raisin Bran. Mm-hmm. I can't find Wheaties hardly any place else. I'm a big Wheaties person. Breakfast of Champions? Yeah. You are a it. champion. Yeah. I love it. Wait a minute. I'm getting it. You know, Ron Phillips has been beeping me this morning, been texting me. Ron Phillips Hi, Ron. wanted to remember. Hi, Ron. We wanted us to remember that when we talk about the St. Pete race, when I didn't really know exactly where it was, it's on the bay. Oh. And so it's in through this. Obviously, I knew this was a road course, and mm-hmm. they're on the roads of St. Pete, but uh, I had my water mixed up. <laughs> so thank you, Still Ron. beautiful. Hope Gloria's doing better. I sent Ron. Gloria, his wife, was having a procedure done. And if you've ever had a friend that, you know, you want to do something nice for them, send them a send a friend lasagna, which is right here. A in, lasagna? Yeah. It's called Send a Friend Lasagna. Oh, actually. Send a Friend Lasagna. And it's from right here, a gal that makes them, and she sends them. She'll deliver it. She'll do the wow. whole bit. And it is top of the line, gourmet, fantastic. It's lasagna. a hard. It's a hard dish to make because all the layers. Yeah, but when they do it right, it's good. The cheese and she the, does it. Oh god, she does it, and she will bring that to your door. I highly recommend it. Send a friend lasagna. Sometimes all you need is a good home cooked yeah. meal. Gloria's going to get one on Monday. Uh, okay, guys, we've got just about another minute to go. I really appreciate you coming back again, Denny. Denny comes back week after week, and we appreciate it so much, Denny. I think this Good is a highlight. This is a great way to start the first day. It is. And uh, and listen, guys, here's what I just want to recommend, because th- th- we try to provide you some fun during the day, you know, to start your Sunday off right, just to, just to make you happy a little bit. But just do something nice for somebody today. I know that sounds corny, but the minute you do something nice for somebody, it can be the simplest little thing, I promise you it's going to start your day off right and your week off right too. It can be paying for somebody's coffee in the drive through window. It can be opening a door for somebody. Just do something nice, right? Sermons with Terry Stacy. It's the best <laughs> lesson yet. That's good. Thanks for joining us on the first day. Have a good week. 93 WIBC and WIBC.com.